have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror, cult, exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. Welcome to another episode of Astro Radio Z. I am your host, Derek Carey, and tonight I decided to bring two of my good buds on to sit and bullshit about holiday horror films, but I'm sure we'll talk about a bunch of other nonsense as well. To my left, I have one of the principal creators of a couple of the underground indie slasher scenes, uh, favorite movies of late, Dismembering Christmas, which we had on a previous episode last year, and Don't Go to Reunion, Mr. Kevin Summerfield. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad you're here. I'm happy to be here. And across from me, the man, the myth, the legend, multi-award winning filmmaker, writer, and he's got very soft hands, might I add, Mr. John Pata is with us. If you don't know who he is, he's had a couple flicks that you may have heard about, uh, Dead Weight and Pity. And better off undead, Mr. John Pata. This is not our first time on Astro Radios, even though my listeners have not heard your voice yet. They have not heard my sultry voice because you do not ha- know how to record. I guess I don't. I mean, I've only been doing this now. I was talking to Kevin on the way here. This this will be, uh, this coming year, 2016, the fourth year I've been doing Astro Radio Z. How many episodes have you recorded that did not make it to broadcast? Only yours. Really? I am the only one. You're seriously the only one. I'm flattered and honored. Yeah. That's pretty. That's you right. Pretty good accomplishment. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, I don't normally do these kind of like face to face kind of episodes. It's usually through Google Hangout. Yeah. So you think this one's gonna work? You, th- you think the pad of Jinx isn't gonna follow through on this one? <laughs> Is it that I have a Jinx or you're just incapable? No, I think it's a Jinx. I, I think have, it's a Jinx because I've never had this happen do you, before. Do you have performance anxiety with me? Um, Is that what it is? Possibly. I mean, you said I have soft hands. So I mean, I did just, see you in Daisy Dukes and your balls hanging out on my sure movie set. Did. <laughs> and if people want to see that, they can pick up Hole in the Wall. Yeah, they could buy Hole in the Wall at Rabbit Child Films at StoreMV.com. You can pick it up. It's on special edition DVD right now for $10 off of that site. No, yeah, no, seriously, you can't see his, no, you can't see his balls because I had to pixelate them out because John felt I asked, very uncomfortable. I asked for him to blur my balls out. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess I don't really know why. You should be signing that at cons. I very eight by ten. I very well. And what we we is we established that uh, my memoirs is going to be called just blur the balls off. (laughs) (laughs) Derek sent me the link to the making of. Says, can you approve this for the DVD? And I wrote back. Yeah, it looks good. Just blur the balls off. <laughs> Perfect. Just blur my balls out. So, blur the balls out. The memoirs of John, John Hanna. <laughs> Coming to you soon in 2051. I'm not going to be alive that long. What am I 2051? You're not giving yourself much credit here, but hey, What is that? That's like 20, no, 30-something years? Yeah. Dude, you're in your 20s. I'm, I'm 31, fucker. <laughs> you're, you're like... 22. Ah, I don't want to make it past 60. Oh, shit. You're going to make it past 60. Shit. You're more healthy than any of us sitting here at the table. (laughs) Especially me. I'll be surprised if I last another 10, 15 years. I'll be surprised if you last another 10, 15 minutes. I know. (laughs) 
I know, you know what I mean? Insert a wink that I did that no one can see. <laughs> That's a sound effect. <laughs> wink, is there such a thing as a wink sound effect? Yeah, it's like probably like is. a chime or something. Is it like a tinkle? I'll give, <laughs> I'll give you a tinkle. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had, before we had started recording here, a heated conversation almost erupted, almost. and I had to stop. I had almost. to stop it. And uh, this is always, if you had listened to the episode that Kevin and I did last year, we got into it about New Nightmare, because him and I have a long, right. heated history about New <laughs> Which Nightmare. Which I hear about all the fucking time. Oh, you love it. You love it. Every <laughs> single time that it comes up, you, you're you just like, oh, I'm salivating. I got to hear more of this. More, more, more. I know you love it. But, uh, but... Pata, you want you want to set the table. Yeah. You want to you okay. want to bring this up. Yep, yep. So just a little preference. Uh, Kevin made an Instagram post about a week ago, right? Yeah, it was about a week ago, and this thought has been in my brain. <laughs> so, Kevin, for the lovely folks listening to Astro Radio Z, is it that you genuinely like Wes Craven's Cursed, or are you just such a fanboy that you have to like it by default? I gotta say that it's a combination of the two. I think the best and the worst thing you could say about Cursed is that it's Scream with Werewolves, and that kind of works for me. So okay. At, okay. on that level, I, I dig it, and I think it's fun. It's not particularly good, and there's a lot of problems with it. I'm Boy, that's putting it lightly. It's not particularly <laughs> good, and there's problems with it. That's that, that's like a footnote in your conversation, which I would say that was the first thing that you said. But go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, it's really funny because... Um, I don't know if you guys ever read them online, but um, AV Club has like the random roles where like they'll ask like random actors like mm. about movies they are done, and they the the big like gimmick behind it is that they have no idea what movies they're going to talk about before they go into it, oh, and they have okay. to talk about it. So they talked to Judy Greer about Curse. Oh wow! And she said that the production was so rough on that that in the downtime she thought she shot three films. <laughs> oh, are you talking about from principal? To then reshoots yes. and then to more reshoots? Yes. Because it was three years in production. No shit. Because they shot it all. Um, Weinstein didn't like it. They went back and reshot 90% of it. Um, scrapped Heather Langkamp, Skeet Ulrich. Took out a complete backstory and then just reshot it all and tried to make it work with whatever footage they thought that they could use from the wow. first. So it's... It's interesting. May, it kind of maybe sort of makes me want to go back and rewatch it. <laughs> no, don't do that. I don't. I don't know. But from <laughs> it's probably been I'm gonna say like five years since I've seen it last. When when did that come out again? Uh yeah, 2005. So which 10 it years? feels like it. I feel like it is a movie from like 2001. Oh, easily. Even like 98 or something like that. Well, it, it, I just kind of lump it in with that era of horror, but it's well, because, a lot later than I thought. Yeah, it came out February of 2005, and the original release date was August 2003. Holy fuck. Wow, see, now I think, when wow. I think about it, I think, I, I almost, I know this came out like 96, 95, 96, because it looks the same as American Werewolf in Paris. Mm. Like, the graphical elements of those two movies, the Werewolves look just as shitty in each of those movies. Well, that was another one that in the original cut, it was all practical effects. Oh, don't tell me that, Kevin. <laughs> well, isn't there the practical effect where the werewolf flips off a dude? Like, isn't that dude, a dude in a suit? <laughs> uh, straight up. I, I, I took my, uh, at the time I was dating a good friend of mine now, uh, Shelly, we went to the theater and saw that. 
That was in 95. I have not seen that movie since. No, I'm talking about in Cursed. Like, that's yeah. a practical werewolf. Well, no, I'm talking about American Werewolf in Paris. Yeah. That was practical? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, so I'm confused. Okay, so, but, so but Cursed, you're saying, was actually practical. The original cut of it, before they reshot 90% of it, that was all practical effects. It was all Rick Baker. Then they took all of that out. Oh, they took out Rick Baker's work? Yes. Oh. That, oh. that was part of the movie that made him give up. Because, <laughs> like, like no lie. Like, I'm fucking out of here. See ya. Wow. Well, and I will say, from what I remember, the the bigger problems I had with Cursed was the script, which mm-hmm. obviously it was Kevin Williamson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It totally felt like, I mean, he was like, oh, I nailed it with Scream. I'm going to just shove my head up well, my ass. The, and the, do original, this again. the original story was that it was or the original script was it was three different stories and it was like folklore and it was this one accident brought these three stories and these three people together it was nothing like hmm. they made him like pretty much rewrite everything to make wow. him more like scream so it that was, was the that was the angle they were going for instead of because honestly I, I i haven't seen it since it came out on dvd all those years ago and i couldn't tell you one thing about it other than the shitty cg werewolves well, that's all i remember there about was it. like people in the original cut like mandy moore who she was replaced by maya in the the final one where she shot everything but because they reshot some of the stuff and she wasn't available they had to completely replace her character right. and maya it's maya and shannon elizabeth in the opening yes. scene that get killed and it was off, a, right? yeah it was originally um, it was originally Maddie Moore, but they had to reshoot it, and she wasn't available, so they completely cut her out. Oh, Heather Langkamp was supposed to be Christina Ricci's mom. All of that stuff was cut out. Skeet Ulrich was Christina Ricci's boyfriend. All of that was cut out. <laughs> you know what this sounds like? It sounds like you've heard the stories about what a zombie went through for Lords of Salem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because all the well, people that dropped out of it, well, because Richard Lynch died and all that. Right. And then he literally had to piece together a whole yeah. new movie in post. Yeah. And Lord of Salem is something he entirely created in post, and mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with the original script. I guess I didn't know the full extent of that, that they had to redo it all in post. Dude, yeah, it's... Li- the commentary track's very, very enlightening okay. about the, why the, the tonality of the film is the way that it Interesting. is. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, if you go on um, YouTube, there's actually a Cursed Entertainment Tonight clip that was like, oh, the first look at Cursed. And the whole thing is like an interview with Skeet Ulrich. Like, and they're showing like scenes from it and none of that Holy was Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, so, so being that we're all filmmakers, can you even imagine being in this world where you have to reshoot so much of your film? An entire movie? Yeah. And I mean, I can't, I can't imagine what it would be like to shoot a film, complete mm-hmm. it, and then have some suits tell you, nope, we don't like it, redo right. it. Well, at that point, you become a director for hire, and you're just collecting right. a check. Right. And then you just got to write it off and just hope that you, you've recouped. Well, one, you've probably made your money on the front end with the budget, so at least you're getting paid for this. Yeah. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> right. Hopefully that's been the case. Or you hope that this movie does well enough and that they're making the right decisions that this allows you to make something that's actually you. That just... Well, I mean... Which doesn't sound like happened to Wes Craven very often. He kept getting green lights for stuff, but they all got taken away from him. I mean, even his last film, um, Scream 4, he didn't have a final cut on the ads. And I'm like, you, like, directed all of these? You've been around for 40 years? Like, why shouldn't you have final cut on a movie like Scream 4? Like, that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. to me. It's very weird. Like, I got to be honest. I don't think I've watched a Wes Craven movie since Red Eye. 
Okay. Like, like his what, latter two, era? 2003? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, that was no, later, like 2006, 2007. No, it was 2005, because like, that was like, it came out the same year as Curse. And that was, was the like, year oh. that was the redemption yeah. movie for him like, after the, Curse. They were like, okay. oh, like, yeah. he still has it in yeah. him. Like, okay, okay. And then, which was a good movie. Yeah, I like it. It's a fun little Hitchcockian thriller, 80 minutes. Very like, simple. Yeah, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's... I, I kind of wish that towards the end of his career he had had more opportunities to kind of make stuff like that mm-hmm. because I think that his strong suit was more of the character-driven stuff. And when it kind of got out of control with Cursed and, like, special effects, I don't think he really knew how to handle that. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is, is something that, that plays? Because I know he ended up then getting into the sequelitis, you know, where he became a producer on, like, his the remake of Hills of Eyes. Mm-hmm. And the, then they made the sequel to that. Then he had to do Scream four mm-hmm. and then they did the series and all this you think maybe this is like the big guys like george romero was very right that that this is all that they're relegated to, that this is the only worth that studios see them like investors see them as is well, being able to just revisit these things as properties they become properties themselves as hmm. opposed to actual hmm. creative forces well west Craven did an interview where he he actually asked to be brought on for the Nightmare on Elm Street remake as an associate producer to help out, and they wouldn't let him. So I'm just like, huh. I don't know what to say about that. I've only watched it once, and I've been meaning to revisit it, and the, well, the first and, time watching it didn't really leave much of an impression well, and like on me. The two like, Wes Craven films that he was a part of that were remakes are two of the better ones. I mean, The Last House and Left remake and then also The Hills of Eyes remake. I mean, they both have problems, but yeah. mm-hmm. I definitely, like, I have no question that, I mean... Well, let's, but, well, let's posit the really, su- yeah. success of those films on that they got quality filmmakers mm-hmm. to make Absolutely. Alexander Aja. Oh, oh, it was yeah. an am- amazing choice mm-hmm. yeah. for The Hills of Eyes. That's a super fun movie. I, I love The Hills Have Eyes remake. Mm-hmm. And I've never been a fan of the original, and I, I think it approves upon that mm-hmm. a lot. But I feel like that was the downfall of Aja. Because right after that, he did Mirrors. Yeah, which was awful. Which, right, I wasn't too fond of that. And then Piranha 3D, yep. which... To me, Piranha 3D was not as fun as it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I still it, thought it was super fun. It was okay. It was okay. But then uh, what did he do after that? Then he went vacant for a while, and then he did... Well, he was producing right? stuff. He did that P2. He, yeah. was, he helped... Yeah, right. He, right. He was producing do that. Do P2, yeah. and then... Um, what? Yeah, he did that Maniac. awful fucking yeah, he horns produced, movie. Yeah, he produced Maniac. Oh, Maniac's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, don't you... you no, <laughs> I, I really like that one. I thought that was really good. But that... Uh, was it that that horns flick? Yeah, I couldn't even make it halfway I, through that. He, movie. To be honest, I was kind of excited about it because Joe Hill mm-hmm. is based off of a Joe mm-hmm. Hill book, and I was really curious. And it's been sitting in my Netflix queue f- since it hit streaming, and I'm just like, I, I don't know if I want to even bother. It's so long. It's too yeah. earnest for me. Yeah. yeah, like it's too like it doesn't get good until about the halfway mark. Okay, and then it starts actually getting kind of snarky and fun, mm-hmm. and it's playful. But at that point, I was kind of already checked Yeah, out like, my biggest problem with that movie, and I mean, I didn't hate it, but at the same time, like, tonally, it was all over the place. I'm like, are you supposed to be satire? Is this supposed to be, like, a coming-age flick? Like, it was just, it tried to do everything, huh. and because of that, like, it didn't really fit any of them. Okay. I'm sure I'll give it a spin one it's of these a, days. But I would say it's worth a watch. It's yeah. nothing. Visually, that it's yeah. really cool looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it's a well-made movie. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. I think the main downfall is having Harry Potter 
in mm. that that lead role. He's just not good at it. Okay. Yeah. All right. At all. And it's such a bummer because while while there's problems and everyone will talk about him and they've been talked to to death i love high tension mm-hmm. and hills have eyes i was just i was intense as shit and i was so excited for what he was going to do and he was supposed to do a comic adaptation of a uh, charles burns book called black hole which is a super awesome weird coming of age period um period piece in the 70s about uh, uh std that causes mutations so when you get the std you might grow a tail, or you might grow like eight oh, eyes on your face. Nice. It's it's really fucking awesome. And Aja got the rights to do that. I think this was shortly after Hills Have Eyes, and I was all excited. And nothing's come of it since. Mm-hmm. And I think Fincher was then going to do it, and nothing happened. But I don't know. I was a huge Aja fan for a long time. Oh well, Hot Tension or Switchblade right. Romance or <laughs> yeah, High what, Tension yeah, right, or whatever right. you want. It's a fucking amazing movie. Yeah, it really. Is. <laughs> I mean, let's toss aside the the ludicrousness of the 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 ending of the flick. But it works. It's fine. But but it's, the movie is just it it, it has amazing gore, practical right. gore. It has an awesome score. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The cinematography is, gorgeous. is yeah, amazing. It's, it's well yeah. Amazing, and it has actual tension. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And not only all of that, but it's able to do that without much dialogue. You right. know, when, when you get in the meat of it, there's really not a lot of dialogue, nope. but it grabs your attention. Well, because it's, a, it's one it. huge chase sequence, yep. essentially. Yep. Now, I can't remember if it's on the commentary or perhaps I, I read it in an interview with him around the time. But the original plan was, in the opening of the movie, it was going to be, and I can't remember what the lead character, the lead, the lead actress's name is. But she's sitting down with the cops, and they, they start to record her. They're like, okay, now tell us what happened. And then we see the, the events of the movie play out. And it's not so much the okay, duel that, that she's the same guy, but it's this is her side of the story. Did they actually film that? See, and I don't remember if they actually filmed it or if this was something they had to do in reshoots or they had to correct in the edit. But I know that that's what he said, is that it was supposed to be, okay, tell us your side of the story. She explains everything, and then it ends, and they then they say, well, we actually have proof. And then they yeah. start showing the surveillance cameras of her attacking them at the mm-hmm. gas station. And so it wasn't so much like this crazy weird twist. <laughs> it was her bullshit. Yeah. And I'm like, that is a fucking awesome story. Oh, yeah. it's like it's like the Rashomon. It's basically yep. each person has a different perspective yep. on what reality actually right. is. And I think that would have worked. But no, they wanted to have some big twist ending. Well, I remember uh, one of my favorite Roger Ebert reviews was for High Tension and he said it contains a plot hole you could literally drive a truck through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, the, the one thing that drives me fucking nuts about that that twist is that the the glimpse in the beginning where we see the killer getting the head from the decapitated head, that to me is one of the most intense <laughs> visuals ever. And when he dropped the head and you realize what's going on, like, I was floored. Yeah. I was taking it's audacious. Back, right? Yeah. I mean, that's fucking ballsy. And then you're like, oh. Oh, well, no, it's, okay. it's a chick. Like, what was that there for? Because that technically yeah. could not have happened. No, no. But it was such an insane, wonderful visual. Yeah. It bums me out. Yeah. But still, I mean, that's a beautiful Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where you just got to say, fuck oh, it. Oh, yeah. You know, right. some, some horror movies just don't make sense. They yep. don't need to make sense. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I and, and I know Pat loves me bringing this up. Argento did that shit all the time. All the, all the time. Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking bitch. Well, I mean, 
Italian horror in general. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. Like, no, no, most Let's definitely. just throw an ending most on definitely. there. Just yeah. there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I will actually say, in October, I rewatched City of the Living Dead, which oh, uh, yeah. which I haven't seen in quite a while. Yeah. Always liked it. I had so much fun with it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, and I, I think I'm actually hitting a point being older in my lifetime, you know, in 31 years. That old dude. That, <laughs> Seriously, old That time. Fulci movies, I'm finding a whole new appreciation for them. So I'm, you never were a Fulci fan? No, no, I was. No, I was. But, you know, like when you're in high school and you're watching Fulci, you're watching it because the gore. And, you know, yeah, it's just right. like zany and it's sure, fucking weird. Right. And like, oh, my yeah. God, it's super gory. Yeah. But now I'm watching it and I just, there's this, all his movies have this impending, like, doom that there's nothing you can do. Like, shit is coming to an end. It's very fatalist. Like, yeah. there's, yeah, no, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Everyone is fucked. I love that. But then he has this way of incorporating these weird, quirky characters that, you know, when I was younger, I probably was like, what the fuck? This is really weird. Like, what is this dude doing? Well, it's because he did so many different genres. Right, he right. didn't just do horror right. films. I mean, he had westerns yeah. that he oh, did. Yeah. He, he, he did dramas. He did Euro crime flicks. He did... Sexy flicks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he did all sorts yeah. of different yeah. kind of stuff. But it's just I I have a different appreciation for him. Yeah. Now. Like yeah. the gore is the gore is great. You know, it's always going to be really fun. Yeah. But there's so many other weird quirks to his movies. Yeah. That I'm really digging them as an adult. Well, let's 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 do this. Uh, quick quick uh quick shots. Favorite Fulci. Go. Ooh, favorite Fulci. I'm gonna have to say the Beyond. Oh, solid. Ugh, I was gonna pick that. <laughs> oh, well, then say, say Beyond then. The Beyond. It's. I think it's easily the boss. Uh, I. And this is. Most people will not say this, but it just for me because it's so Gonzo, so out of the blue. Cat in the Brain. brain. I knew you were going to say it. Nightmare Concert, man. That movie is Fulci laying it bare. Right. Laying it completely bare. And I love it. Yeah. It's a a good watch. I mean, it definitely is. But I I don't know. I mean, New York Ripper. New York Ripper almost comes second to me. That's got some really great stuff in it, too. That's a nasty fucking flick. That that nipple splitting. That one is difficult to watch. Ripper, I have like a love hate relationship with sure. it. Like, I kind of really like it, and then like I watch it, and I'm like, this movie's kind of really misogynistic, and it's very, right. it's intentionally it, it, so. It's right. a mean it's, movie. It's very yeah. hard. It's, it's a hard watch. Like, yeah. like every like couple of years, I'll watch it, and I'll be like, okay, like this is a really well done movie. I'm fine without watching it for another couple of yeah. years. No, like, I'm the same way. <laughs> I just rewatched for 31 days. I rewatched uh, Lustig's Maniac, oh, and yeah. I've. Mm. That movie isn't aging as well for me. Okay. For, there's something about it now. Now, New York Ripper or Maniac? Maniac. I would also pick Maniac. Maniac, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're about the same for me. Sure. It's pretty close. And I also They're kind of the same film almost. Yeah. yeah, and I saw Maniac first. Yeah. You know, and I saw Maniac when I was probably like 12 or 13. And I mean, I was just like... I felt horrible watching that movie. Yeah. And... That's that's an experience that I still hold on to. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's only certain movies that I've watched that have made me feel like maniac gross. Mm-hmm. Like Henry Portrait of a Serial oh, yeah. Killer was one, and more recently the Snowtown Murders. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so Maniac has always kind of been on this pedestal for me because, like, ugh. <laughs> you know, there's just there's so much nastiness in that film. Yeah, but it's not even what I love about it is that so much of like the the gross qualities come from Spinell. 
Well, it's it's him. You know, he it owns really that is. movie. Without yeah. him, that movie ain't shit. Yeah. yeah. It, it's 100%. Like, especially going because I have the blue that came out. Uh, sure. The, the Blue Underground version that they put out on Blu-ray a few years ago. And that's what we rewatched. And um, the scenes are starting to show on it. And okay. I, don't, I don't think without... Uh, especially now that we have that remake that's just so slick and so stylish. And it's still really... They're two separate entities. Oh, yeah. But Absolutely. for some reason... Lustig's Maniac just isn't holding up okay. steam for even though I think Spinell is just absolutely phenomenal oh, yeah. in that. He definitely makes that movie. Yeah. yeah. There's there's no doubt about it. I mean, you're more into the super grody type stuff like I am than you are cuz you're more of a slasher fan, Kev, right? right? So so what is you you said that's one of the movies that just mm, yeah. is is there anything in particular that gets you like that? Um the original Last House on the Left because it almost just kind of the the gritty nature of it it feels like a documentary to me like it feels like this is really happening um I particularly love the ends where it just kind of there's no closure like and there's kind of this like scene of just kind of the parents you know where they're kind of looking at each other like what the fuck did we just do that's so rare in a rape revenge film usually it's oh well there's this person's attacked they get their revenge the movie's ending and there's kind of that that last scene and that last scene when like the the mom and dad are covered with blood and they're just like looking and like the cops walk in it's that's so powerful to me that it just it, it just gives me the creeps because it really is one of the, the few horror movies that I've seen where it kind of really examines the question like, okay, is the hero really any better than mm. the quote-unquote villain? It's real. Like that mm-hmm. moment's yeah. very, very yeah. real in a way that nothing in I Spit on Your Grave right. is real. Right. I will say for me, I rewatched Last House on the Left. I think it was like three or four years ago. I, I showed it to a friend who had not seen it. I've always loved Last House on the Left and agree. It's definitely one of those movies that just has oh, always yeah. made me be oh, like, yeah. However, on my most recent rewatch, I will say I think the cops really kind of tarnish it for me. Yeah, like, I agree like with the way you they're completely. handled. It's like, yeah. you know, the uh, it's like you could insert the Benny Hill music when they come in. Yeah, well, and and there is like that weird zaniness and that contrast. It's the that levity. I, it's supposed that, to be the levity. Right, right. That I that I, I I in a way do appreciate, but I think it was just. For my for myself, mm-hmm. it's just a little too much. I agree right. with you totally. Yeah, and I mean, I could definitely see that. I it kind of works for me just because it's so different. Yeah, absolutely. That, like, I mean, when you have like Ida the Chicken Lady, like with the no teeth, <laughs> like there's just something. I mean, that stuff is kind of as crazy in its yeah. own way yeah. as this other yes. stuff, and just kind of melding. I mean. I, have you guys listened to the commentary for it? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wes and Sean pretty much admit that they were on so many drugs that they don't remember. There's very few films that feel like that, and that film definitely yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I can definitely see, um, tonal-wise, I don't think that the two kind of mesh together very well at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially, like, the parents getting ready for, like, the party. And, like, it's, it's so weird, but... I definitely prefer kind of more of the dark humor with the David Hess stuff. Yes, um, agreed. I, I, I like that a lot more than kind of the, the campiness, mm-hmm. but kind of as, I, th- I think it works, I'm trying to think of the way to put this. Um, I, I think it works kind of 
better as an artifact of its time than it does as watching a, a film today. I think okay. I think what okay. ki- what really kills it, it's not the characters necessarily, it's the music. The music, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's it's the music that really takes because to be honest, it's more a reflection of of real life. Like those characters during the course of a day nobody's going to have a total somber tone like those cops aren't i mean it's the music that then yeah. changes the mood of the yeah. entire thing so honestly i have no right well, it's always been like the that. music to me <laughs> yep. it's always yep. been the music and to it was me. something I, I feel like i ignored or i overlooked until that last time i watched it because even even my friend that i was watching with she was like what the fuck is the deal with this music and i was sitting there going like Oh yeah, <laughs> what is going it on? Really with this fucks fucking everything music? up, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it sucks too because like some of the score is really great. Well, like, David Hess is oh, right. The, the yeah. stuff yeah. like, like the the one scene when the girl goes in the water. That that score right there is perfection, mm-hmm. and it it really sucks. Like seventy percent of that score is so yes. so good, and then you have like this like. You know, zany, circusy music that doesn't fit at all. That yep. I think maybe if they had kind of underplayed more of the more comedic moments, especially with the score, I think it would have worked better. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a direct reflection. Like, is when you when you say that, Cabin Fever, yeah, ripped it off <laughs> oh, entirely. Yeah. Well, like, blatantly, right? I mean, yeah. like they didn't hide it. You know, no. they didn't hide the fact that it was a. The direct the house on the left. Riff, like, riff of Evil Dead and Last House on the Left. Yep. Unbelievable. And I fucking love Kevin Feige. I do too. Did, I did, did you end up seeing Green Inferno yet? I have not seen Green Inferno yet. Did you see it? Yeah. What'd you think of that? The first hour is pretty decent, and then the movie just goes to complete shit in the last act. Oh, dude. Some of that gore stuff is is hot. <laughs> some of some of the CGI though is really bad. Oh yeah, no, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. I mean, listeners know my thoughts on this because we did an entire episode on uh, Green Inferno. My thoughts about dudes in cages masturbating furiously to cannibals and all that shit. Oh, I well, like, well, you talked about the <laughs> humor like not that. working in that. I didn't think the humor worked in Green Inferno at all. It, it didn't, but, but it, it it was well, kind of goofy like and fun the, though. In the middle of like, oh, like. This girl just, you know, got scalped and like, oh, he's like jacking off in the corner. I'm just like, what is going on mm. here? Like, like I mean, at least in Last House and Left, it's two different scenes. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. You're right, kind of right. leading one. Yeah, and, and there's like, another. there's sure. like this whole um kind of subplot involving Pat in the movie that I don't think works at all. Like, I think they're trying to be clever and it doesn't work. And I don't know. I I think that there was. There's some moments in Green Inferno that I think is really good kind of social commentary, but the the movie itself is just kind of all over the place. And if you do watch it, and I do recommend you check it out once, as soon as the credits are, you hit stop. You hit stop right away. Okay. There's going to be an extra scene that is <laughs> so god-awful that adds nothing to the film and will make you hate the ending even more than you probably already will. Well, that's because they, they had already <laughs> planned on making a sequel... <laughs> Before it ever came out, and then we all know the story got well, shelved for yeah. a couple years yeah. or whatever. Well, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a more tacked on, literally, like, they, without giving too much away, they, they bring in a character that has never been referenced once in order to bring it in for a sequel when this character could have had no idea what had happened. And hmm. I don't know. It's just. I'll definitely rent it right when it comes yeah. out. I just didn't get to the theater. It, it, it has its moments. Sure. Like, it's kind of one of those, sadly, that 
I, I walked out thinking that I, I kind of really liked it, and then kind of the more it sat with me, I kind of started to pick apart the stuff that I didn't like. Well, it's too easy. I'll be honest, when I was sitting in that movie theater, I was cringing a lot. Like, the, the you like that first opening hour, the first act of that movie just doesn't work for me at okay. all. It just is very earnest, very ham-fisted. Mm-hmm. It's pre-functory. It could have just started in the jungle, and we could have got snippets of how they got there. Instead, what? we have this whole first act that is so blatantly, like, predictable and obvious, mm. and you're like, okay, yeah, I've seen this a million times before. Well, I, I know where this is going. I don't know if you had felt this way, but, like, with, like, the our lead heroine and her best friend, it felt so ripped off from Ty West's um, House of the Devil. Mm-hmm. Like, you have, mm-hmm. like, the blonde, like, kind of, like, hippie, like, It's even friend, shot like, kind of the same yeah, way, like, too. And I'm just like, yeah, like, I felt like I'd seen this. And like, there's this whole, like, scene. Oh, God. Green Inferno. It's just so much of it is, like, okay, well, the only reason they're showing this is because you know it's going to be played on later. Mm. There's a whole subplot involving a necklace that I thought should have been completely cut out. It's so obvious. Oh, yeah. And then there's also, like, this scene with, like, the professor. And, oh, yeah, it just so happens that every single thing that she mentions that happens in this tribe is something that's going to happen to each of the characters. And it's just, like, you don't have to be that obvious. It's so mapped out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Before we get into the the conversation, I knew this is how it was going to go. Hold on. You got to say your movie that... That oh, that squicks me out. Yeah. Oh, there's there's a number of them. I think the earliest movie to do that to me and to this day, at least the opening um, sequence of it and the music and the narrative or the narrator on it still to this day kind of sets me on edge is the original Faces of Death. Okay. That opening sequence with that music where it's like... Dong. And there's the, all this autopsy footage, like they're walking right. through. Sure. And th- then you have the dude, uh, Robert Gross, with... Death. And he's just like, like <laughs> yeah. when I was young, when that when right. I rented that tape right. and I saw that thing, I was like, I don't think I should be watching this. Yeah, our like, store had them on like the top shelves, so, like the kids couldn't grab them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could grab any of the other ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it didn't sure. really matter. But <laughs> yeah, I've done an episode a while ago, and so my listeners know my thoughts on on Face of Death. But that's one of them that, from a very early age, always and to this day, the rest of the movies. Hokey, the first movie, and then as you go along in the sequels, it becomes grosser and grosser because it's more real footage. It's not yep. all recreated yep. the way Faces of Death is. But um, obviously, Henry Porcher is a serial killer. Mm-hmm. But if you you want to get recent, um, there there's nothing, nothing that squicked me out more than Serbian film. Mm. It, it, it's mostly because because I have kids, because okay. I'm a father, mm-hmm. and and the things that happen in that movie. Um, yeah, I have not seen. I haven't seen it either. It's uh, it's it's a amazingly shot film. Like it looks like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. It's got some contrived uh, like plot ticks in it that I think uh, shit. But it's it is totally well made. Mm-hmm. But there's some stuff in that movie. And I've, I've heard of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've heard of the stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. And, and, and you can hear it. And I had heard what what was going on. But until you right. see it, and, and, right. and you only watch the unrated cut, because the cut cut, the R-rated cut, it's not even worth your time. Because mm-hmm. what's the point if you're going to watch right. a, a, a movie, a shock movie, with all the shocks really taken out yeah. of it? 
There's yeah. no point. Yeah, oh, absolutely. There's absolutely no point. So that movie of the last probably 10 years, yeah, I got to say, that's the one that immediately when it was done, mm-hmm. I wanted it to leave my possession. <laughs> I was that squicked out sure. by it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's others. There's definitely others. I'm trying to think too. It could be the caffeine right now is racing my brain a little bit, and maybe I can't <laughs> think of that. But um, before we get into what we really came here to talk about, I figured this is how it was going to go. We were just going to sit here and ramble. I mean, we may never get to what we really, and I don't really give oh a fuck if goodness. we don't. I'll still label it holiday horror. <laughs> and and then people are like, what? They never fucking talked about it. Um, but, um, but before we get to it, because this is a conversation you and I have had Uh-oh. many a time. Uh-oh. And we never, because of the missing episode, <laughs> oh, right. it is gone. And now that I have Kev here, we're gonna get we're gonna get real into it. I know what we're going to. <laughs> Ash vs Evil Dead. Have you watched any of this? I haven't. You have not watched any of this because you're a tight ass. I don't give a fuck. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, I gotta binge my- watch it. Like. I'm terrible at like one one episode a week. Like I just can't do it. All right, I want to talk about it too much. Then, if, if you guys haven't watched it, I'm not going to get into it. But uh, let, let's break it down here, Johnny. You and I have had this conversation. What a bunch. do you want to break down? What Evil, do you want to break down? Get, give your thoughts on Evil Dead series. The Evil Dead series. I only care about the first movie. Yeah, love the first movie. All time favorite film. I uh, saw it when I was ten. Just changed my life. Changed my whole view on film. Evil Dead Two. I fully understand why people like it. I understand why people love it. I cannot stand it. I am so bored in that movie. Although Bruce Campbell gives a great performance, mm-hmm. the special effects are really great. I don't know what it is. I think I think a big, uh, uh, without a doubt, I saw Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 back to back. And Evil Dead, I mean, it very much was, to sound corny and cheesy, a life-changing moment, watching the Evil Dead. And then I put in Evil Dead 2... And everything that I loved about the first movie was gone. The, the fact that it was raw and that it was energetic and, and it just felt... No, no, no. In ter- in ter- energetic in terms of, like, the low-budget okay, filmmaking Okay, yeah, I want, I, want, I want to hear yeah, what you've got no, to explain no, this no, to no, me. No, 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 no. Just, like, yeah, there, yeah. there's a certain quality to it because it is just a group of friends going sure. into the woods with yeah. $300,000. Right. It just... It has, I don't, I don't even know how... It has intangibles. That, There's definitely intangibles all throughout that movie that you can't recreate. Right, right. And and being when I was 10, you know, I was familiar with mainstream horror. You know, so like all the polished stuff mm. and, and all the franchises. And I saw that and I was just like, holy shit. It's playing on a different level. Yeah. It absolutely was. And then Evil Dead 2, we go and the comedy, I was just like, what the fuck is going on with this dumb schlocky comedy? And then... It was it was much more stylized, and I do appreciate the style, but it's a I don't know it's a little, it's polished in comparison to the first. It one. doesn't. You, do you feel that it isn't as raw? It, Correct. That it doesn't Correct. have that edge that Correct. the first film yep. had. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And and it's not the fact that it's like oh is it a remake? What the fuck is it? Like I know the story why they yeah. reshot the beginning. You know, like yeah. we all know that, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just there's just something about it that I I think I was so underwhelmed the first time I saw it that's never left me. And I've watched Evil Dead 2 in a theater with people, and, like, the crowd is going insane. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't see it. I just, I can't get there. And I understand that's on me. I'm not wow, saying anything negative just, to the film. It's mine. I know, I know. And Army of Darkness, really enjoyed when it came out. 
had a lot of fun with it. I watched it maybe like eight years ago, and I just I couldn't laugh. I was just like, I'm just past it. And so well, it's not aging well. That's no. for sure. Well, I don't know. It was just like you know, I loved that movie when I was 13 or whatever I was, and then watching it now, I'm just kind of like, all right, whatever. And I don't, I don't know. I don't need to get into the fact that I've lost all my respect for Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi because that could be an entire episode. <laughs> but I have. I have no respect for them anymore. Is that, that based off of the remake, or what's that based off of? Oh, that's based off of the remake. That's based off of talking to everyone that worked on the first Evil Dead and how fucked over they got once the rights got sold, mm -hmm. and they haven't seen any money from it. Right. It's the way that Raimi negatively spoke about his fans with the remake, saying he didn't understand why anyone would ever like the original movie, and they're foolish, so we're going to give them a movie that they can actually like, that... that will be tasteful that you know all this stuff and it's just like fuck you dudes and he mm -hmm. toyed with fans for so long saying we're gonna make evil dead 4 how long was that going on like 15 years and i understand there's so many there's so many avenues and reasons that it might not have happened but just show your fans some respect and then when you know, he obviously doesn't care he went on to make other shit right exactly exactly and you know going i did the convention circuit for years promoting the films and i was with bruce campbell a lot of them and like, when I saw Bruce Campbell for the first time in 97 or 98, it was great. I mean, he was so personable, and you could talk to him, and, like, yeah, he had that little bit of sass to him. But, but he that's seemed, him. But he yeah. seemed yeah. like he genuinely cared talking sure. to Sure. And then later, you know, years later, he makes this huge post on his website that he's done with autographs. He will never sign another autograph. He doesn't <laughs> want fans to ask him for his autograph and all this shit. And he goes, and he's just like, I love that you guys like my work, but, you know, let's... Just enjoy it. You see me on the street, say hi and everything. I just don't want to sign autographs. Right. Now, it probably became overwhelming to him. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm sure. But now he's charging an ass ton for autographs. Well, you know now, that status quo, cool, though. I That's know. Everybody's doing that and shit. And when you go see him at a QA and a or whatever, all he does is make fun of everyone. And, like, it's the Bruce well, Campbell show. It's the shtick. Right. Yeah. But I, almost, I also think, and one, let me say, I know I'm extreme on this idea. And, like... A lot of people disagree, and that's totally fine. But I feel like there's a line. There's a line of when it's shtick and when you're just being a fucking asshole. And I, I feel like he's just being a fucking asshole all the time now. So when it comes to Ash vs. the Evil Dead, like I saw the trailer. I love Weta's special effects. If I ever watch a show, it's going to be to see Weta's special effects because I'll really watch anything they do. It looks like My Name is Bruce. I thought that movie was garbage. And it's just like, oh, this is just a polished version of My Name is Bruce. He's fat, he's overweight, he lives in a trailer, he's conscious of who he is, and then that I'd show up. It just, it's not for me. And, like, I love that people are enjoying it, and I know you really dig it. And and that's fine. It's just, eh. I think, and Kevin, I'll let you get your time in okay. on I'll let you get your time in <laughs> on this. But this is something hours. Johnny and I had a whole episode where we went, we went really into it on it. But... Um, because we've had car rides where we've spent half the car ride talking about this. <laughs> but um, but my thought is is that um, this Ash vs. Evil Dead, I've watched the four episodes that are out there up till now. And um, the first episode is directed by Raimi, mm -hmm. which I didn't even know that he actually directed things until like halfway through the episode. I'm like, Raimi had to do this. Mm. This has all his visual tics. This has the, the same energy, has everything that it, that it pervaded two and three. Mm -hmm. This literally should have been four. Ash vs. Evil Dead should have been four. It proved in one episode 
that they still got it. And Bruce Campbell is that series. Mm-hmm. Without him, oh, sure. the series just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. There's a the, He is the defining factor of that series. And in the episodes I've watched this far, and, and I watched two of them last night. The first two episodes are like 45-minute long, like hour-long traditional episodes. Mm-hmm. The last two episodes, now they broke down to 25 minutes. Oh. And it's hurting the story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's making them be very, like, they go to this place and they fight They fight an evil. Then they go to this place oh. and they fight an evil. And um, it's making me feel very weary of where the series oh. is going to go after I that I wonder, point. well, it's on stars, right? Yeah. Why did they do that? It's not like they have to worry about, like, commercials or anything. I'm sure it was a budget thing where they, mm. they blew their wad on the first episode. To get everyone hooked and stuff. Because yeah. the first episode is hot. Okay. It is so good. It is, like, the perfect extension from Army of Darkness mm-hmm. to this. As good as it could have gotten with all that time, boom. That, that first episode is just, like... You knew, I told you, I had a fanboy boner like oh, you yeah. wouldn't believe. No, and, and I mean, I, I'm very happy that fans are getting that. Like, well, after all this teasing that they Why, were. if they were going to do it that way, why not have done, like, the first, like, two episodes and just made it a movie? Yeah. You don't, you don't gotta tell, you don't, you don't gotta convince me on no. this one. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, if the positive reaction was there, then you could have made the series and right. you probably would have had more money. And you could have cut out all the fat that's yeah, going yeah, on in the series exactly. right now. Because up the four episodes, maybe it'll get better. But the four episodes I've seen so far, a lot of fat with some great moments. Like the last two episodes, they conjure up this demon and the demon effect is amazing. What a- Dude, <laughs> the, the guy looks fucking crazy. I think I've seen the And they did this them. digital thing where his mouth is this bloody mouth with these fangs coming out like this, and the rest of his body shakes in, in, in like kind of a weird bad analog TV effect where his mouth stays still, but the rest of his body just shakes all, and it's so fucking cool. Huh. It's so fucking cool. There's moments, but the story yeah. already has yeah. died. It's already died, and I'm hoping it gets better. Now, I just learned this recently, but they didn't get the rights for Army of Darkness, right? So they they basically bypass Army of Darkness. In if you That's want wild. to, if you want to be very literal about it, Army of Darkness doesn't play take place okay. in this. But there are elements in there that are rooted in there that I know they put in there okay that are from army of that, yeah I just I didn't know that until I think a week ago yeah. I saw some conversation online about it because he has the 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 hand that clicks out and he has the holster he okay. has like the the bit in there so he can attach other sure. stuff to his hand sure that's not in that's not in Evil Dead 2. So when when because I'm sure there's points where there where like Ash is referring to stuff that has happened. Is he only referring to like Evil, Evil Dead, Dead 2? 2? They, no kidding. they actually really? show footage. Really? There's actual okay. footage. Literally the huh. only movie that they're No, they do use part one. They're, they're, yeah, they're using footage from part one and part two. Okay. So those happened wow. in this world, but Army of Darkness did not because of universal rights yeah. issues. Yeah, that's but, wow. That's, but honestly, man, that's so crazy. It's there. Oh yeah, sure, it's sure, there. The, sure. the tone of Army of Darkness is this series. 
is Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Yep. This oh, is a, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, the perfect extension. And honestly, I'm just going to forego and I'm just going to take for granted that there's it, this is the world after Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, I, I'm no sure way. everyone is doing that. Yeah. yeah. There, you, you can't. Right. So is Esmart a thing? It's been changed over to a different shopping okay. center that he's working at huh. in the first episode. So it's the same thing. Oh yeah, right. But they can't right. use any of the yeah, right. any That's of the just, stuff from the movie. Man, they've gotten fucked with rights <laughs> this whole series. Well, like I guess that's I guess that's I don't know, it's their curse or something like that. It's universal. They want their money. Well, but that's what happened with the with Evil Dead Two. They couldn't use the footage from the first movie to recap what happened, so they had to shoot it all. Now they are. Yeah, because bo- they use the, to do flashbacks. They're <laughs> constantly just using straight yeah. up footage yep. from those movies in the series. So interesting. I so okay. So this has always been a huge debate on my show on Astro Radio Z, the remake. The remake of Evil Dead. I have an entire I have an entire episode of me ranting like a fucking lunatic about it. I wish did we record first before the, you get into it, Kevin, you go first, then we'll come over to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna ask. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The, the episode that we recorded that got lost, was that after I saw the remake? Before. It was before. Oh, I wish we would have recorded. No, this, remember like, right because after. we were at <laughs> we were at Terra at the time. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, and that absolutely. was right yeah. after you had watched it. No, we I, finally had that I conversation. In October last year. I yeah, know. but we hadn't we hadn't had that conversation yes. yet. Yeah. We hadn't. Yeah, had, yeah. So Kevin, go for it. Well, you want me to talk about the remake? Yeah. <laughs> well, I I don't know what you're uh, you're a fan of the remake, aren't you? For the most part, I think it definitely has problems. Mostly first act and third act. I think that middle act is really good. There's some great special effects mm-hmm. in there. I think the script it has two problems. One, it tries to be... Well, I mean, let's be honest. With that script, it's very obvious that this studio had a lot of work with that because you can tell that there was probably a really good script there at one time and they're just like, okay, well, we have like five pages of dialogue for these characters. Can we get it down to like a half a page? So like just pretty much say your name and why you're here. It's pretty superficial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so, pretty superficial. I mean, but the the moments that I think visually the movie's really interesting. It's got a good flow to it. I like the cinematography. Um, I don't think it's a perfect film. I actually saw it when I, when I saw it in the theater. I actually really loved it a lot, and then I bought it on Blu-ray, and I didn't particularly like it as much the second time. It might have just been that when the Evil Dead remake came out. Remakes were really, 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 really bad. Mm -hmm. And in comparison, I mean, this was, like, not too far after, like, Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff like that. They're like, this looked amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, well, at least it has, like, the tone of the original. Like, it tried to do something. And, yeah, I admired the effects. And there was just something about it that, you know, when I saw it in the theater, I'm just like, like, it was kind of an, an adrenaline rush of me saying, like, oh, like how did this get an R rating? Like, it was kind of cool just to see a movie that had this much blood and this Mm -hmm. much gore being released to a wide audience that probably would never watch a movie like Mm -hmm. this. And on that level, I appreciated it because I feel like the people that might not have seen the original films 
might have rewatched them because they liked the remake and because of those effects. And sure. they can go back and they might have more of an appreciation for this genre because of that film. I think that the, the real fans of the remake don't give a fuck about the originals. <laughs> and I don't think, I, don't, I, really, I, I, don't, I really don't see them going back and checking out the other films. That's just, that's just my thoughts on it. Now, Johnny, you and I are pretty close about like thoughts on what on this remake per our other conversations mm-hmm. we've had visually film is a fucking knockout it's a like, million bucks oh my god the cinematography the lighting is just gorgeous sound design yep the special effects are incredible yeah i mean there is so much to appreciate about that film when you're looking at it mm-hmm Everything else just tanked for me. Yeah, when and, you think about yeah, it. And, and that might have been me in the theater. Oh, I'm sure. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's like a visual orgasm. And then when I watched that on Blu-ray, I'm yep. like, okay, well, I've kind of seen this, so you kind of yep. start to pick yep. apart yeah, it. Yeah. And also, it, it, it should be known that, yes, there's no way in fucking hell I was ever going to like that movie. Like, they're, they're just in principle. There's no way. So I understand that. And... Um, I didn't see it until well after it was on DVD. Like yeah. I, I kind of let all the hype and yeah. and everything just die down. I know I tried. I tried sne- sneaking <laughs> yeah. it in. I was gonna, I, I was gonna leave it here in a DVD player and have it just like, hey man, borrow this. And I was, it was gonna be unlabeled and whatever. I tried to sneak, but he ended up sneaking it on me because I wanted to sit in on this, on this viewing to see what I he wish, thought. I, I, I kind of wish I would have recorded myself while I was watching it. And I didn't get too bad because I had two friends that were over that were up from Chicago and they both fell asleep. And so I, <laughs> I, stuck I, I, I didn't I didn't want to wake them up. So I was like a, I was really containing myself. Uh, it's it's been over a year since I've seen it, and so I'm trying to remember. I mean, the script is just downright horrible in mm-hmm. it, and you know I understand like okay, uh, am I saying that the original Evil Dead script is great? No, no, not by any means. No. But when you have fourteen million dollars to make a film, you should actually put a little bit more work into that script. And maybe it was a studio. I think it was but, like because it it feels so patchy. Like and, there's oh, so God. much of it that like scenes just kind of randomly end, and then right? it, it'll just like kind of oh, start out with like another conversation. Like mm-hmm. the I. That script could never have been sold if it, it would have been made. It pandered. That yeah. oh, that's what leads me to believe it was studio intervention sure. because there was so much hand holding, pandering bullshit well, in that movie. It just when we, when we, I oh god, that opening scene was that cold atrocious. Was yeah, just so fucking horrid. Oh yeah. But well, once we finally meet our characters, and this is just, I just I couldn't take the film fucking serious from the first moment. Where I don't remember what their names are, but it's like. Oh, hi, Bill. Look, you're reading because you're a school teacher. Like, oh, I wonder what he's going to do. He's going to read the fucking book. Oh, hi, Lisa. You know, the nurse. How's the (laughs) hospital been? Oh, I wonder if she's going to help people out. Oh, hi, Mia, the addict. Okay. And it was just like, come on. Seriously, like, are we feeding the characters to us that hard? Mm -hmm. And then another big problem that I had with it is, is the way that the book was used. Yeah. In the sense that dude looks at a page... It and shows it made, exactly what's going to happen. It shows you what's going to happen, so there's no suspense now. Mm-hmm. They've just killed everything. It's like, 
here's what's going to happen. Get ready because this is coming. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't understand that decision at all. I thought that was a really weird way. It was not appealing it. to us, though. It was appealing sure. to a broader audience sure. that that needs that kind of hand-holding. I suppose. To, mm-hmm. to get through a film like that yeah. where, where we grew up on films that this shit just happened. Yeah. The original Evil Dead... The first time you watch that movie, you have no fucking idea where that movie is going. Right. At right. any point. Right. Absolutely. This movie, it was so yeah. blatantly telegraphed yeah. the entire yeah. time. Well, and to kind of go, like play devil's advocate and what you said about like the studio, like I also have to give the studio credit for making a $15 million gore film. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Very right. easily True. been just like, oh, we're going to make it. Because as soon as like I had heard about the movie, it's like, oh, she's a recovering addict. You don't know if this stuff's really happening. I'm like, oh, like, are they going to go supernatural with this? Sure. Like, and I, and I completely agree. The script is a complete mess. But at the same time, like, when I see a movie like that and like Sony made this, like, yeah. there's something really encouraging about that that like, oh, Practical effects can still be made mm-hmm. by a major studio. And on that level, I think the movie kind of works. Uh, yeah, like, I would not disagree. I would yeah, not yeah. disagree. And uh, Just don't listen to any of the dialogue. Yeah. It <laughs> 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 <And that laughs> makes mute movie viewing experience really rough. The Deadites were also a huge problem for me mm-hmm. because it was Reagan from The Exorcist. Yeah. Being vulgar and, you know, so crass, like, come down here and I'll suck your cock. And it's like, great. Wow, we've seen this how many times? What I loved about the Deadites in the original Evil Dead, and I think why that movie gra- like just drew me in, is the idea that you're seeing your friend who's possessed, and there's still a hint of them in there. Like they're toying with you. They're not in a hurry to get. They you. don't want to. They're just, they're just gonna fuck with. Like they're gonna drive you insane before they kill right. you. Yeah. And they don't do it by being vulgar. They don't do it by being like in your face. They sit and they sing to you, or or they they toy about like you know they're 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 burning hot flesh, yeah, you know, and just like the way that they're almost seductive in the way mm. that they they terrorize them. I love that. I think that I think that's actually really creepy. But then just to have these creatures be all loud and like ah, la, 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 fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Well, I was just like, oh come. Well, because they took they took the deadites that were ratcheted up in Evil Dead Two, sure, and then just. Instead of making them take the more comedic element that that Raimi did with mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. where he still had that uh, that Deadite kind of playfulness from the first one, yep. and just moved it more to slapstick, yep. they took it and moved it to more like right. a gross right. shock level. Right. There's there's one Deadite moment there that I thought was absolutely terrifying, and it worked so well when he's burying. I think Mia is her name, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. When he's burying Mia, and, she's and she got turns the, back to her, she's herself. got the bag over her head and everything, and you know she's like doing the like the like the bags, like please don't do this, please yeah, don't do yeah. This. And then she stops and deadpan, she's like, she's like, I think she says something along of the line of, "Mom does hate you. You realize that, yeah. right? Because I'm talking to her right now, or whatever." Because the mom died. Yeah. Like that was fucking so scary. And I was like, that is the, that's the way to do the Deadites. It is possibly the best scene in the entire movie. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you I on that. And I feel actually bad for the actress who played Mia because if she had been given better dialogue to work with, I think she could have really delivered a really good performance mm-hmm. because she's got good moments. In oh, her. absolutely. I mean, she did great with what she was yeah. given. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the raining blood was super awesome. Oh, fuck. That <laughs> scene is is immortal. That like, scene I, is that so is, awesome. That is really good. And I think that's... To, to, to do a remake and you step up from what there was. You know, like... The, the blood dripping on the screen and everything in the original Evil Dead. You know, I felt like when, when the pipes burst on Ash and everything at the at the end of the original movie, this was their way of being like, okay, that happened. Let's step it up. Yeah. You know, like now it's not just going to be blood pouring out on or her from pipes. It's going to be raining down. Oh, so fucking cool. Yeah. Like so cool. Right. God. It could have been a really fucking rad movie. It could have been. But... It's been so long since I've seen it, too. I've kind of softened up. I Dude. wish we would have recorded this right after I saw Dude, it. Dude, let me tell you, I there's very rare that I walk out of a theater angry. Yeah. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Oh, God, yeah. I went to a midnight screening of that. <laughs> because I was I was such a fan of the of his... No lie, that's my favorite of the series. Uh, his... Wait, Halloween? Like, like oh, Halloween two? Wait, of Halloween two? <laughs> yes. Oh, get the fuck out of here! Like, wait, wait, you're talking like all no, ten Halloween I, yes, movies? Yes, all of them. Halloween two is my favorite. I, 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 yeah. Wait, wait, <laughs> I'm not even that big of a Halloween fanboy, and I don't really know what to do right now. Yeah, let, let's give a moment of silence to that. Well, I had this thing online where I'm just like, oh, like what's what's like your biggest like um like controversial horror opinion? And everyone was like saying theirs, and like I said mine. They're like, wait, what? Like it was like they had to. Like, there was a collective it. pooping of the pants. <laughs> more more of the his director's cut that was released later. I think the theatrical cut has a lot more problems okay. to it, but. It's the only movie of the entire series, for better or worse, you actually get to see these characters react to something that happened to them. It wasn't like, oh, hey, your friends just died. Like, oh, well, like, it's a new sequel. Like, we're happy again. Like, you might have hated Laurie in the sequel, and I think that was the point. But you actually got to see how she reacted to this. And you also got the character of Annie, played by Daniel Harris, where she completely just kind of cut herself off reality. Yeah. And in a slasher sequel, you rarely get that. And I like that moment, and then there's also the, the Annie death when they do, like, the flashback of the home videos. Like, there's little moments of that, and there's lots of stuff that doesn't work at all, but those little moments I really like, especially for kind of just us... And, and maybe it's the fact that I'm not the biggest fan of the original Halloween mm-hmm. 2, so I like the fact that he realized, the, like, maybe there's, like, only, like, 15 good minutes of that, so we're going to put that all at the beginning and just kind of do another... But story. the motherfucker makes it a dream sequence! Seriously, that opening bit of Halloween 2, Zombies Halloween 2, is hot. (laughs) It is hot. It was just like angry and angst filled and full full of like atmosphere and tension. And then it's, oh, it's a dream sequence. Let's hit the hot topic and blah, blah, blah. It is such a pandering piece of shit. For me, though, with that sequel, is that like, for better or worse, it takes a lot of chances. I liked for once that Dr. Loomis was different. He was this Hollywood whore that was selling his book. There's a great scene in that movie Mm -hmm. where. One of the dads of the girl from the the first movie like brings him a photo of her and signs like who's this? Well, you're making money off her. There's sure. moments oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, that yeah. really oh. really good, yeah. and it's something that none of the other movies. Uh, maybe it's not as good as the actual original, but it's definitely the best sequel in the fact that it actually references and you actually feel that something happened to these characters. And on that level, as a kind of a character piece, I like it. 
I think it's really I I can that's an I can no I I like, can get I, with that too. Yeah, 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 I can get with that too. It's to me the movie falls apart because it panders mm-hmm. far too hard to its audience that it thinks is like these people mm-hmm. where it's a typical you have your angsty teen mm-hmm. who's wearing misfit shirts who has Alice Cooper posters in her bedroom and it's just like dude get the fuck over it. Not everybody that listens to metal or punk lives like this. Right. Now, especially someone who just literally had her entire family killed. And in, in, in just like, oh my God, this was ridiculous. I personally, I, that, I walked out of that theater just like, what the but, fuck did I just like, watch? There, there's like, because I've always felt like the whole, the whole sister thing was, you know, John Carpenter will admit they, you know, he came up with it when he was drunk. Like, and I was curious how they were going to do that with the sequel because I mean, obviously, she didn't find out in the original. I like the fact that she found it out reading the book because, like, I felt like today, like, you know, you find out all of your information on the, the, from sure, the internet, sure. yeah, like, yeah. and yeah. like her like reacting that physically of something, you know, that she somebody that she had also had a connection with mm-hmm. that kind of just sold her out. I also think that with Malcolm McDowell. Um, he completely hams it up in that movie for like, and he's mm-hmm. actually really good. Like, I think he's the, the best part of that movie. The to be stuff honest. with him and the assistant yeah. of them bickering yeah. back and forth, yeah. and like just like the, the moment too, where like she kind of plays like, the audience, like you know, like hey, like why are you making money out of this? Because I can. Like he very much symbolizes what I think a real Doctor Loomis today would be like, as opposed to kind of being that shadowy ghost hunter, you know. Uh, um, Donald Pleasant's character, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and and I felt that was, and and I agree with you with like with Laurie, like they they really played too much into that. I think that his character almost kind of makes up for that. And God, I would have loved a whole movie of just like him, like doing like these talk show appearances. What like, about that ending? Well, which one? Because like they're both different. <laughs> I I guess I hadn't wa- I haven't watched the, I haven't watched the unrated all the way through because I just cannot stand mm-hmm. that movie. Mm-hmm. But the theatrical, I remember it just like ends, and I'm like, okay. And it plays Love Hurts during that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> almost almost as bad as the end of Devil's Rejects, but we will not go to that. Oh, John, because I love the end of Devil's Rejects. Oh fuck well, you! But, you mean Freebird? Free oh, yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm, sh- I'm shutting in. Love, I'm shutting this is episode down. In the, yeah, in the remake. In the remake, yeah, right. which is trippy. Yeah. Right. And no, he's sitting, yeah, because he's sitting on the curb. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, I hated the remake. And I remember walking into Halloween 2 with my friend Drew, who also hated the remake. And we said to each other before it started, well, at least we're not going to hear Love Hurts again. <laughs> and they play it during the end credits. I will like to add, though, that... I like the movie listening to your outlook on it. Like, I, everything you're saying, I'm like, wow, that's really fucking awesome, actually. And, like, I really appreciate that. No, that's... I did just rewatch it about two years ago. Mm-hmm. First time I saw it after the theater. Hated it. Just, like, absolutely hated it. But now I kind of want to watch it again to see. Because, like, what you're saying... Is interesting. I Very really interesting. like yeah. a lot. I just... And I think that substance, it obviously is there. I just think it's handled really poorly. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a rushed movie to me. Yeah, which it was. Yeah. I mean, it was... Yeah, it just doesn't feel like it knows what it wants to be. That's that's my problem yep. with it. Yep. Yeah. But I, I really yeah. like the shit you're saying. Like, that's really Yeah, and it's funny, too, that, like, you know, you kind of mentioned that it doesn't know what it wants to be. I, I think that that's actually... 
I mean, with that series, this is the 10th one. I kind of liked that where mm-hmm. this is the first real movie that in that series in a long, long time that you really didn't know where it was going. Sure. And that's both, I think, a pro and a con with the film because it is kind of all over the place. But I don't know. There's just there's something about it that I don't know. It's almost kind of really haunting. And I, I watch it probably once a year and there, there's really there's just moments about it that I'm just like, okay, well, that's that's really interesting. And I, I wish that there's some of the stuff that they would have touched more on, but yeah, some of it, like like I had mentioned, like the whole, like, it still gives me chills, that scene, like when the dad comes in and gives like the picture of the daughter and like yeah. he doesn't even know who that is. Like, and you know, hey, you just wrote a whole book about this, but you know, it, it really kind of, I think there's moments of that that's a very good satire of the world today where, mm-hmm. you know, it's just all names and dollar signs and, you know, how can I use this for my own advantage? Like, not realizing that there's other people that's affected by it. And I think that that's actually a really good turning point to the whole um, Annie and Lori story because Annie even shouts to her, she's like, you're not the only one who went through this. Like, why are you right. acting like this? And I think that she plays the role of the audience and she's the one who's kind of screaming at her, like, just deal with this. I'm dealing with this. And I think that because that character's in there, and I think that if that character wasn't in there, I think I would have felt more how you felt about her character. But I feel like she's specifically there to reference how over the top and how dramatic she's being. And I think Mm -hmm. that on that level it works. Now, see, this is very interesting, and this is why you and I differ so much (laughs) on The New Nightmare, is that you, you, you were reading a lot out of this out of this movie where on a superficial level just how the movie is handled mm-hmm. from a filmmaking standpoint and how it's presented does not work for me mm-hmm. like the new nightmare i think the ideas are amazingly solid mm-hmm. i think it's a fresh take and i think that what you're saying right now for halloween 2 yeah all that shit is there Right. It's just how the film is hand, like Definitely. how it's presented, right. does not mesh with me, and yep. it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It, it it's it feels sloppy. Mm-hmm. It it has all these because the first episode of Astro Radio Z when I took it over is literally about my love for Rob Zombie. I, as a filmmaker, I like when I sat and I literally sat and thought about all the movies he's made. I like all of them, surprisingly enough. And this, other than Super Beasto, which mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't get into that movie at right. all, but this is the only one that I really think is mishandled, <laughs> other than the end of Devil's Rejects. <laughs> I just don't like the end of yeah. that movie. But it's and it's purely based on the fact that from a just like a presentational um, aspect, it feels clunky mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like it 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 is gelled together in a way that tone tone wise works for me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it starts off on a very solid note. I think it's, it's just so tense and to take that and not follow through with it mm-hmm. and to just make that as some throw off, um, dream sequence really killed it for me, like mm-hmm. right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then it just feels like it, it's constantly, um, Every good step it takes, and it's the same thing I think about New Nightmares, mm-hmm. every good step forward it takes 
it takes two steps back mm-hmm. because then something stupid like the way Michael Myers break it go breaks out into the world when when they hit a cow a digital cow on the road and you have the paramedic lying on the road saying fuck for yeah. two minutes. It's just well, like oh my fucking and for god. Me and granted, this is probably exactly why people didn't like it. I think that Michael Myers is the weakest part of Halloween too. Like as kind of just an examination of trauma and what it does to your psyche. That stuff is enough for that movie to work for me. Mm-hmm. But as a horror movie, I don't. I don't think it's particularly great. But the the moments that work work enough for me that I think that it's kind of it. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I would go as far as to say I think it's a flawed masterpiece. Very, I, you're not the only person that's mm-hmm. said that it's, to me. It's one of the few, and this is what I love about this film in particular, is like, nobody's kind of like, eh, it was pretty decent. Like, yeah, right. Like, right oh, the, it's... like, it's either like the love or the hate. Yeah. Because I remember like, I did like this whole thing about it that's like, you know, why I love Halloween too, And you know, our good friend Lucas, like, he, like, sent me a text. He's like, I thought I was the only one. Like, <laughs> 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 what a little friend. Oh, man. But I'm sure, too, like, I'm sure, you know, with him kind of having a different culture. Yeah. He probably definitely. took it very much of that, you know, that that was a very much, especially the the Loomis character. Like, it's it's a satire on, on fame in America. Right, and yeah, I'm sure right. that he probably had another level of why he really liked it. Mm-hmm. And that's the great thing about the media is that, you know, there is no right or wrong answer. You know, people, people can read into any movie that they want, however they mm-hmm. want to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and so much, like I think that horror more than anything, more than any other genre, it depends so much on that first watch. And, what was happening to you that day? What was going on in your life? Who did you see it with? What were the circumstances behind mm-hmm. it? If that What were first, your expectations? Mm-hmm, if that first watch was really, really bad for whatever reason, I found you'll never you'll never love that film. You might have well, an appreciation for it. You might like it. Too, for me. You know? <laughs> but you will never have that love because that first yeah, that first screening of it mm-hmm. just didn't work for you. Yeah. I really want to see the Halloween 2 that you do. Like, I really <laughs> no, do. No, like, so do I. Like, holy fuck. Like, so do I. Like, on paper, what mm-hmm. you're saying, my God, I love that film. Mm-hmm. Like, I really do. Yeah. Which then is just making me realize, it's like you're saying, the way it's handled mm-hmm. is what kills it for me. Yeah, and this is exactly, this was a really roundabout way to get to what I originally was trying to present, which is cool, but it was that it's that movie and the Evil Dead remake are two films that I've walked out of the theater so vehemently mad about yeah. because I thought they mishandled the mm-hmm. material and they tried presenting it in a way to the audience that I thought was disingenuous. Right. And mm-hmm. so much so, and, and to your point, that I, wa- I want to see what everyone sees in that Evil Dead remake. I want... An, I don't buy for one second that it's a side story in the universe. It's a remake. There are too many things, elements in that movie that are directly tied to the original being the same structurally in other other bullshit that I don't believe it's a side story. But anyways, I took it so far to wanting to figure out what worked for people that I did a fan edit of the film. Okay. I literally went in, and 
No Astro Radio Z <laughs> listeners. No Astro Radio Z listeners. I will not give you a copy of my fan edit. Wink, wink. But, but, um, and took out everything that I thought didn't work. Did you take out that entire nail gun sequence? No, I did not take that. Fuck, that was just. I took out all, all the. Please take out the defibrillator. I took out. God, that was so bad. Too. I took out the necklace. <laughs> all right. I took out the entire necklace. Okay. Um, I cut down much of the backstory between the two lead characters. The brother and the sister, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And just some other things that just. Oh, I took out the fucking visualization of the spirit in the woods being a woman. Oh, uh, yeah. That yeah. was gone. And guess what? Oh, the God. moment you get rid of that. It becomes Evil Dead again. Sure. Because now it's that camera pushing it yeah. yeah. pushing in, and it feels... I'm like, there's Evil Dead. Right. All I need to do is get rid of this stupid fucking thing that didn't need to be there. Because that was the beauty of it, is you didn't know what it was. Yeah. It was some fucking weird-ass shit yeah. barreling well, toward yeah, you. And I'm sure that so much of that stuff was studio interference. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially that whole tacked-on opening. Oh, that of like the, opening there's, is horrible. There's no way that that was originally in the script or that was originally shot. Because it's, tonal-wise, it's, it's so mm-hmm. completely... It's unnecessary. But remember, no CGI in the movie. <laughs> I remember that in that first scene alone. Dude, it's like a fucking CG scene. Dude, I, uh, I was with my ex at that point. We were at the theater, and I literally looked over at her. I'm like, "This is some bullshit." Yeah. It, I would just reminded about this. Is the uh, the Bruce Campbell moment in that not the biggest slap in the face? Yeah. I mean that that is Raimi saying, "Got you." I really feel like yeah. to have Bruce Campbell show up at the end and just say, "Groovy." No, you know what? That's, it's so stupid. But no, it worked. It, it pandered. It worked. People lost their fucking minds yep. because Bruce Campbell was. Yeah, in they it. did. And that was like, what? What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Absolutely That's nothing. The epitome that of is, pandering. Yep. That is just. That is just fan service. That mm. is them saying we put Ash, Bruce Campbell, in this. Everyone's gonna fucking love it. And you know what? It they worked. did. It worked. They just. I don't, I don't, and like what you're saying, you wish you could see what people see in it. I would like to know if the people that do love it, if it's just the fact that you were saying it's such an intense R-rated movie that we got to see a wide release for. Like, is it the fact that it's just this gore pick? And maybe we shouldn't be viewing it for more than that. Well, Mm -hmm. and much like you, and I'm actually going to kind of side with John in this, I'm not a fan of the campy stuff in two and three. Mm Mm-hmm. I liked that they cut that out and were more to the series. Like, mm-hmm. in all honesty, the remake's my second favorite of that series after the first one. Just because... Oh, oh God. <laughs> <I know. laughs> just You're because, like, you know, that Three Stooges humor, it either works for you or it doesn't. Yeah. There's no in-between. Yeah. And it's just True. not my style. Yeah. Like, And sure. I feel like the, the first one has enough of that. And, and like you said, like, the second one is so much like the original just with that splat stick that I'm just like, well, if I don't like the splat stick, then why don't I just watch the original? Which True. I do. Like, yeah. and that's kind of where I've kind of fallen that. So I'm glad they kind of took out kind of more of that campy stuff because like, 
I can only imagine in a, in a modern movie how awful that stuff would be. Then skip the TV series altogether. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I'm serious. You two should just skip the TV series altogether because if that's your thoughts on it, you're not going to like yeah. it whatsoever. Yeah. Because honestly, for me, I love Evil Dead 1. Mm-hmm. I We all grew up on it. Mm-hmm. I had it on a tape. <laughs> Funny story. Taped it off of USA up all night. Nice. After midnight, uncut wow they ran the entire thing uncut i remember this i had it and i was like (gasps) and i watched it endlessly over and over and over again but there's something about the fact that the second one goes so far off the rails to me i love goofy ass movies Mm -hmm. in evil dead 2 and then to army darkness there's something so fun about those movies. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I, I always thought the, the the end tag where it's like the most grueling experience and horror yeah. and all that, I always thought that was a tongue in the cheek, like we're kind of goofing about the like we're this is a satire on okay. horror films. And I love like to, Evil Dead 2 to me was a game changer like it i love that movie so sure. so so sure. fucking much and it's it's not it's not a horror film it's it's mm-hmm. a fucking gonzo like roller coaster ride to me and that 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 i absolutely i could put that on at any point and i will have a smile on my face the entire time i like the goofy aspects of it because i like goofy fucking movies well and i Again, I fully understand what mm. people love about yeah. it. Yeah. And it's not that I dislike movies like that. Yeah. Because one of my all-time favorite films is Brain Dead. Peter right. Jackson's Dead Alive. Me too. Which would not exist. Without Evil without Dead 2. Without Evil Dead 2. Absolutely. Without, I mean. Absolutely. everything for me works in Brain Dead. Mm-hmm. And, like, the humor is just exceptional. Like, how you said you put on Evil Dead 2, you will smile. Anytime, that's how I am with Brain Dead. I'm you the same way up, with Brain Dead. And I will fucking just 100%. be so happy. Mm-hmm. And that really goes out there, too. You know, oh, yeah. very much like Evil Dead oh, yeah. 2. But I think kind of like what Kevin was saying was that first vision, that first experience. Well, and much like you, I mean, we're kind of of a different generation of a lot of horror fans growing up. Like, my video store didn't have Evil Dead 2 or Army Darkness. It only had the original. I didn't see it till I was an adult. Like there was a good 15 Oh, hours it ran on it ran on <laughs> Cinemax and HBO all the time and that's how my brother Shane and I saw it originally. Is we taped mm. it off of and we literally watched Evil Dead 2 to well, death. So yeah, I mean there was probably a good 15 years in between from when I'd watched the original to when I watched the sequel and then I'd also had 15 years of people telling me, "Well, the sequel is even better." Oh, so sure. I'm see, sure that like go. There you go. Yeah, you I'm guys just, aren't the only people that I know that have the have well, this and opinion. And much like you, like I, I understand why people like it. It either works or it doesn't, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, work. it's just yeah. I think that, and I try to watch the sequel probably once every year or two, and it's just like I, I do have a smile for like the first like half an hour, and then. It's so. It's just too much for me. Like, it's okay. it's a fantasy it's, movie. It's yeah, not a horror definitely. film. Oh yeah, right, right. It's a fantasy yeah. comedy movie, yeah. 
And there, I will say that there's there's lines in Army of Darkness that I mean, when I think about, it, I still laugh. Yeah, and a lot of it comes from the skeleton deadites at the very end. Like I'll cut his balls off, <laughs> like that line I love, and I'll cut his gizzard. <laughs> Those two, and then and then even when the uh, when like the one is crawling on the ground to to cut Ash's Achilles or whatever. Yeah. And he flies up the line, and then you see this fucking yeah. little shitty skeleton going, "Hey, hey, where did he go?" <laughs> it's almost like, well, like those moments are yeah, really funny. Yeah, to me. but well, and I kind of miss the whole Universal of the '90s that made movies like Army of Darkness and The Frighteners, and I mean, they're not classic movies by any means, but I think both the Tales from the Crypt movies are a lot of fun too. Oh, did you, man. Did you did you know Frighteners was supposed to be a Tales from yep. the Crypt movie? No shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, originally was supposed to be the first. Tales from the Crypt film. Yeah. No kidding. But yeah, they, they liked the script so much that they decided to uh, give it a yeah. bigger budget. Dude, I love Demon Knight. Yeah, I, I, I dig that one too. I love Demon Knight. I actually, I like Bordello Blood even more. Do you like it more? I dig I mean, that I one like too. Bordello Did you see Blood. Ritual yet? Yeah, the third one? Yeah, I never God. saw it. It's so bad. Oh, is it? Brother. Don't oh god, the Crypt Keeper stuff, especially like CGI. Like oh. he's CGI. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember that. He's, he's I hope this like, shit's on YouTube because oh I gotta god. check well, this shit out. It was never supposed to be a Tales from the Crypt. It was just ritual. And then they're like, okay, well, let's make a Tales from the Crypt movie. So they just added this tag at the beginning that has nothing to do, to with, do with anything. Yeah. Oh, so they shoot her. That's kind of like I don't know if. It, are you a fan of the the Planet of the Apes movies? Yes. Okay, so did you get that Blu-ray box at the Legacy Collection no, they put up? I haven't. So they they put this set out, super cheap. Everyone should pick it up because one, it has uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes fully uncut, where the ending is this super violent downer mm-hmm. ending. It's amazing. But anyways, the DV or the Blu-rays pop up and they are their CG Doctor Zayus uh. quoting lines from the scriptures. And it's just like so awkward and so unnecessary that I'm like, what's the point of this? Just go to a menu. I don't want to hear any <laughs> shit. It looks like PS2 era graphics with Dr. Zayas spouting a bunch of garbage. It's, it's horrible. But Army of Darkness is just like, there's so much that, like, those movies are so fun mm-hmm. to me that I. Yeah, I'll, I mean, like all of those, like, I feel like, you know, I'm not the biggest Army of Darkness fan, but. I feel like that era, and I mean, granted, 90s horror isn't the greatest. There's lots of really bad shit, but especially in the early 90s was like the only time that major studios were willing to take a chance on stuff that they would have never made any other time. We would have never gotten Candyman any other time by something like Sony or like people under the stairs, like this, you know, cannibalistic incest family, like what other time besides the early 90s would that have been released by Universal on 2,500 screens? Yeah. It's just like, and I kind of, I kind of miss that. And granted, like I said, there's a lot of really bad early 90s stuff too, but. (laughs) You ain't kidding. um, I mean, even like Dr. Giggles, like it's not good, but it's. Don't you really like Dr. Giggles? I think it's fun. I mean, I'm okay with it. Didn't we talk about this once? No, (laughs) no, I don't think so. I thought I thought you were the guy that I knew that no. really loved. No, I mean it's fine. Doctor like, Giggles is universal too, and I mean it's just one of those movies that's like you could tell that they pretty much just let the filmmakers make whatever movie they wanted, and there's well, but they were also appealing to 
the the home video market where they they needed to fill those shelves mm-hmm. and anything that they put out, regardless of the fact in the horror section, was going to sell. Well, and, and I it, it would recoup the cost on the back end. Mm-hmm. Now something. My brain was just going when you were talking about stuff and like how you miss Universal as putting out the Frighteners and Demon Knight and Bordello of Blood. And just the if we look at those three, what I think makes those so great is we have we have cast members mm-hmm. that aren't horror actors. Mm-hmm. You know, that they really haven't yeah. done a lot of horror. Mm-hmm. And then you put them in here, so you have a really talented cast yeah. doing these outlandish movies. It works. Well, yeah. what really works about all three of those movies, I think, too, is that everyone's kind of playing this material at a different level. Some sure. of the performances are extremely campy, and some of them are very subtle. And it's just, it's so all over the place that, you know, especially like you had mentioned that there's a lot of actors in this that, you know, didn't do a lot of horror. And sometimes this is their only horror movie. Right. But because of that, you have kind of something a little bit for everyone. Definitely. And I love that they just kind of had free reign. And they're just like, okay, well, you want to take this material seriously? Go ahead. And mm-hmm. you want to take it campy? You go ahead, too. And it's very much like the, um, especially Bordello Little Blood. Like, there's like performances in that that are so... yes over the top but at the same time you know you got angie everhart is you know this you know mythical mm-hmm. like and she just she's so campy and over the top that you could tell they're having fun with the material right. and there's so much horror today and i'm not gonna say that bordello blood is a classic because it's not it's not all that great but but for direct-to-video schlock it's pretty well, it went pretty to theaters well but i mean right, for but, the most part yeah i mean mm. it was one of those movies that you could tell everyone was just having fun and they they treated the material as seriously as it needed it was to be. genuine it wasn't beneath them right. and i mean even with demon knight you know billy zane and you know oh, jada yeah. pinkett thomas you know, hayden church yeah sadler I mean, and, but like, and all those, I guess you have your staples. You have Dick Miller and Demon Knight. So you oh, got yeah. your horror guy. Oh, yeah. And in Bordello Blood, you got Chris Rand and Corey Feldman, right. like, you know, which obviously have some history. Right. But I think that's the thing is that they were they were trying to make a good movie. Mm-hmm. No matter what, no matter like how crazy it was, they put a ton of effort into it. Where nowadays, it just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like people are concerned well, about making something good. No, they're 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 concerned about using a license and a brand, right? And bringing in and this is a conversation I had with Ming Stoll at at um, Wasteland, um, in because I I met her and I asked, well, what's going down with with Fruitcake, which is that John Waters movie he's been trying to get mm. off the ground, that Christmas movie he's been trying to get off the ground forever, and she's like, well, investors want that quick pop, that first weekend pop. And if it, if it's not a movie, and and she's like, John doesn't make those kind of movies. Right. He makes movies that make their money in the long run. They're right. They're slow builders mm-hmm. instead of a huge pop, and he can't do it. Nowadays, the mentality is we need to use that brand to get that huge initial pop to pull in the money so that the investment in that movie is mm-hmm. paid for right away. Right. Yeah. And then. The trickle-down effect will eventually happen yep, yeah. at some point. Yep. Well, in all honesty, like if you're not going to make a movie that's going to at- appeal to teenage boys that are going to go out opening weekends, that's all they really care about yeah. because they'll get the instant money for it. You but know, it now, what, uh, what do we got now? We're living in a world now where the new Paranormal Activity decided 
it was only going to be in the theaters for two weeks, and then yeah. then boom, it's on streaming. So what does it even matter anymore? Mm. Most people, if they know that, they're just going to go to the streaming. So then that puts more onus on these right. streaming companies to have to recoup well, and, those and costs for that, those films. Like, I'll give paramount credit for at least trying something different like because i feel like so often with stuff like that like the studios especially the major ones are so dead set against anything that's new or different and they kind of end up biting themselves in the ass this might not work for them but at least they tried like you know if they complain later that you know hey like this didn't work and you know we kind of gave people the option like at least they tried something new. I mean, you can always go back. And I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, it's an interesting venture. I mean, kind of doing the whole like, okay, well, we'll have it in theaters for two, three weeks and then kind of just go to, you know, streaming afterwards. Like, I, I, I can't see that happening for most films just because, I mean, you can do that with a paranormal activity movie because the budget is like five million, but you're not going to, for like a $100 million movie, you're not going to make that in two weeks. Like, it's just not going to happen. Unless it's some Marvel movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And we're going to stop the episode there. Um, This episode ran really, really super long. It went for three hours so i decided because the next episode is just the same thing where we set up that we were going to actually talk about holiday horror films but we ended up talking about every other possible thing known to man so next episode will be a continuation of this talk that i had with kevin summerfield and john panna so if you dug it Look for the next part of this episode next week in which we do everything in our power to not talk about holiday horror some more. It does actually come into the fold, but it's very, very, very slight. So, (laughs) until then, of course, I'm Derek Carey. You're listening to Astro Radio Z. You can contact me at astroradiozpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us at astroradioz.com. The podcast is all over the place. Please get a hold of me. Let me know what you think of the show. Um, I'd love to talk to you. Till then, see ya.